Welcome to Playful Joy, a parenting podcast without the guilt. I'm Charlene Nicole, and today I'm here with Lexa Bergen. She is an amazing photographer and mother, and we're excited to chat today. Um, Lexa has two boys, Rowan and Hudson, and Hudson is 16 and Rowan's 14. And um, we just wanted to chat about what it's like to have a child with special needs. That's mm-hmm. the general... Um, yeah, so tell me, so when did you know... That's the question that everyone always asks of parents. And I think, so for me, for me, uh, my daughter has some challenges, and I knew about five. Okay. And I, it took having another child to see the differences and just, like, another child growing up in the same household with the same parents and the same stuff to be like, oh, huh, it's a little more than just... <laughs> something's happening here it's a little more than just she's not picking up reading as fast as possible and um just for everyone my daughter doesn't have a diagnosis but I just um think that she's on the autism spectrum but we went for a diagnosis and then I was like "Eh, it's not enough I don't think she'll be ever diagnosed so it's just like a little bit of tendencies there Mm -hmm. yeah when did you know um when Rowan was born, uh, the doctor's comment at the time was, oh, he's a little bit floppy. Oh, nice. Which just means he has low tone. Yeah. So his, yeah. Okay. He didn't have the control of his body that a regular baby would have. Yeah. So no problem. He was healthy. We went home the same time. Yeah. Um, they said he probably wouldn't nurse because of the low tone, oh, that it would be hard to nurse. Yeah. He nursed like a champion. It was oh. like no problem. Um, yeah, so that and it was never a problem. So my husband and I both sort of take things on as they come. Nice. So we didn't try and read into it at all. We just kept going. Yeah. Um, at two months, you know, when they get their first shots, they right. go in for their shots. Yeah. Uh, he hadn't met some of the milestones. Like, he didn't cry. He never mm. cried. Wow. He'd just fall asleep. When he was, huh. yeah, so like as soon as yeah. he'd start to cry, he'd just fall asleep. Um, he was three weeks early, which is full term. Yeah. But they said he'd be a sleepy baby. Okay. So, so we're like, yeah. okay, he's sleeping, he's eating, he's gaining weight, he's yeah. doing all the things he's supposed to do. So we never... So I think the first time was at the six-month checkup, and he hadn't started to do certain things that babies should do, so he went on the list. And I think we went into the CDC the first time when he was... I'm going to say like 10 months Mm -hmm. because there were no sounds. He didn't have any words or sounds or anything. Yeah. But even like there was, you know how they da, 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 ma, 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 nothing. So yeah, he didn't have that. So not consistently. Right. Yeah. So probably that was the first time that we were like, okay, we're on a different journey with this child than we were with Hudson. Right. Yeah. 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 I feel, do you think that, I think for me, it was the worst, the hardest part for realizing something wasn't going to go the way I thought it was, was just my expectation. Like, I'm a teacher, I've worked with kids my whole life, so my kid is going to do, insert milestone here. (laughs) And and my oldest talked really young and really well, and and then just separation anxiety, and then not picking up reading, and and it just... I couldn't just flow with it. I couldn't just take it as it came. I just, I was fighting it every step of the way. Do you think that your perspective helped in that way? Like, oh, we're just on a different path. I, it was pretty 
it was a pretty slow living time for us. Yeah. Um, so Hudson was like ultra speedy in everything he did. Mm-hmm. So I think Brian and I both kind of welcome the slowness. We're like, okay, yeah. so everyone's taking this time. Yeah. It's okay. We'll just keep moving. No one's ever said anything. Like it's not right. a stop, yeah. you know, like we'll just keep moving in this direction. And he was a super happy baby and he slept really well. Yeah. And I mean, he was healthy yeah. in all the ways that you would be after spending a lot of years at children's hospital, you realize, um, how healthy he is. Mm-hmm. Like he, <laughs> like mm-hmm. he is just has a different perspective, but, and life looks differently to, for him and right. probably to him, but he's healthy. That's right. That's yeah. such a good perspective. I love that. I, <laughs> I found the same. So my daughter had a hip surgery at seven months and then, mm-hmm. So we've been in and out of children's too, just for checkups and things like that. And every time we leave, we just are so grateful that yeah. she's healthy, like that it was just something that was, I don't want to say easily fixed. <laughs> it wasn't very easy, but you know what I mean? It was fixed and it's not going to be a lifelong problem. Like we're not going to be going to children's for the rest of her life as some people will be. And she's running and jumping and playing, you know? <laughs> yes, totally. It was something that could be fixed. So yes. Ours is, we're in and out of children's hospital. I just phoned them mm-hmm. this week and said, Hey, we need to talk again. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you are in and out, but like one of the things with Rowan is that his heart is in a different place in his chest. Wow. And I actually learned that one, it's the same for one of my friends <laughs> who's wow. a kinesiologist and nice. like all this stuff. So it was really cool. But, um, he was 11 years old when they found that out. Wow. So you're like, wait a minute. Like, how did he's been through so many checks? Yeah. Like, how did how was this not discovered? And it was scary in the moment when it was happening, when he, they were figuring it out, because mm-hmm. no one had ever seen a heart like his. Like, the valves go in different places from the heart. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it's really... That's so interesting. But we had to wait a long time to see the specialist. Mm-hmm. And, like, hours. Our appointment was way later. And my husband and I were just sitting there, and they were apologetic and everything else. I'm like, we're sitting here with a baby who has you know, an opening in her chest right now because she had surgery yesterday and they're just down from upstairs. I want you to see them first. It really puts your life into perspective. Like Mm. Rowan's sitting here playing, we're eating and hanging out while we wait. Yeah. (laughs) So I have the same, I know that, I know that so many people are waiting for things in our healthcare system and I don't, you know, I want to be empathetic of that, but I know so many people that get so mad when their specialist appointment gets bumped and I get it. You you have to move daycare. You have to move your work. You booked a day off. I get that. But also, I'm the same. I'm just thinking, if my child had a broken femur, I would want you to see them first, too. Mm-hmm. So if you have to bump my child's checkup for her hips, I'm not going to worry about it. I just, yeah, it's so much more important that we all get the help we need when we really need it. Yeah. Especially because we pay such a small amount to have it accessible to us. Like, oftentimes, mm-hmm. I think all the stuff we're going through, man, it feels like super heavy. And then I'm like, how heavy would it be if I lived in the States right now? Yes. I know. <laughs> right? Yes. Like the same child that lives, um, like, I don't know, like 30 kilometers across the border from where I live yeah. has a completely different struggle right. than we have. Just an extra thing to, to that comes has to come into your mind when you're making decisions about your child. 100%. I mean, if your child needs to have surgery, the last thing you want to be wondering is, can I afford this? How is yeah. this going to change my life for the rest of my life? Or are the rest of the kids in our family going to be able to go to university because right. we have to, you know, mm-hmm. heal this child? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I'll never forget Audrey had croup. Do you know oh, yeah. That is? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, 
it's kind of, if you just, it's like struggling to breathe, basically. It's inflammation of the bronchial. Yeah. yeah. Bronchial tubes. <laughs> um, they, and so she's sitting in her, she had a full body cast at the time and struggling to breathe. And I thought she was dying. I thought she was gonna, I didn't know what was going mm-hmm. on. And in, I don't know if it was in that moment or after, but I just remember thinking, I can't imagine having to consider right now if I can afford an ambulance. That yeah. didn't even, I just called 911. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even, you know, like what a gift to just, we just get to do that and yeah. we don't even have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, I know that really, that moment will never leave me. And I know there's problems yeah. with our healthcare system, there's problems with every system, but I'll just forever be grateful that I don't have to consider that. Every time she needs a follow up, I don't have to go, well, I think her hips are okay. We probably don't need a follow up. Yeah. I can't really afford that right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I just get to go and then yeah. get to say, yep, she's great. And I get to just relax. And, yeah. oh, okay, thanks. Yeah. What's yeah. going on now? Yeah. Oh, I totally. Think so great. Totally. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask, what are Rowan's strengths as a person? What um, do you think? I might tear up here because there's cleaning. You, in one of your other podcasts that I was listening to, you commented on how your kids teach you. Yeah. How we learn so much from our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the reason you and I met mm-hmm. is because I wanted to speak to you about a podcast that I want to do about diversities. Yeah. Um, and this is part of what stemmed it. Rowan is, lives a diverse life. Therefore, the three of us, Brian and I and Hudson, live a diverse life. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing about Rowan that is so great is that he when you ask him who's the fastest runner in camp because he's been to soccer camp a couple of times he's like oh the boy with the long black hair and you're like oh okay and you know who who could handle the ball the best Hudson plays soccer so Rowan knows this terminology (laughs) who can handle the ball the best and he's like oh the boy with the orange shirt and he never defines anyone Mm -hmm. by their ethnicity or their skin color. Mm-hmm. It always has to do with the height, how, you know, the, and when he's talking about the boy that is the fastest runner, he'll refer to the boy that is the fastest runner. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we actually challenge it a little bit, like just to see how far we can take it. Yeah. So, cause we recognize that in him and it's a beautiful thing. So the next day at the same camp, um, we said, so who do you want your coach to be? And he's like, I want the coach with the Mohawk. Mm-hmm. So there was women coaches, there was male coaches, there was a coach with a top knot, there was a coach with the Mohawk, there was a coach with, um, you know, all the soccer get up. You could tell right. that he was probably one of the head coaches. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was a lot of different coaches there and no one had been grouped into what, what soccer ability their soccer abilities right. so the coaches were all just standing together mm-hmm. and he was like I want the coach with the mohawk but also in that group he was the only black coach mm-hmm. so he just just yes. never defined him as that and yeah. we were like it's such a beautiful gift to be able to see this honesty through him yeah. because he doesn't he doesn't allow 
like what's right and what's wrong to weigh in what he says. Like he's like right straight off the cuff every time. You're getting all honesty all the time, which isn't always a blessing, but in this case, yeah, totally. That's so great. I think a lot of kids are like that. And then, but as they get older, it starts to wear away, right? They learn our language and we say things. Or they hear things at school or they hear kids talk about, you know, Mm -hmm. like, different things. Yeah. Defining um, people by other. Means. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when Hudson was really little and we were playing in a, in a park and there was a young boy playing with Hudson and they had been playing for like an hour. And when we left the park, um, he said to me, mom, how come that boy wears that thing on his head? Mm-hmm. And I just said to him, well, you know, when we go to church with Nanny, um, people carry a rosary and it's part of our religion that they would have a rosary it's part of his religion to wear that on his head and he was like okay I know they just want to know (laughs) yeah they're not they're not being judgmental or you know they're They're curious yeah yeah it's a happy curious yeah and I found that I am that happy curious too so that's why my the podcast that I want to do I'm like no I want to just I'm super curious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just talk about diversity in all the different ways. Just embrace it and learn. Yeah. Like, the people that live a different life, they have a different experience. Mm -hmm. And I don't want a normal experience. I want an elevated experience. So I just want to learn from every person that I meet. Yeah. Yeah. That's the main reason I started this podcast, too, is just I parenting is tough and I just want to learn everyone's experience same Mm -hmm. thing everyone's way of doing things and when things get hard then what a great vehicle for me to talk to someone about it and that knows more than I do right totally and I'm a reader I love to read and I love audiobooks um but I I find information in books as soon as it's written down and published Mm -hmm. right now in you know, we get information so quickly through other ways, uh, other vehicles. So it's um, talking to people in the experience they're having today, currently, yeah. is the way for me to obtain the most, the most abundant knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Or for, for, in reality, rather than waiting for it to be published and put in a book and then for me to hear about it and go to it, it's like it two years old. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's mm-hmm. really true. That's kind of the great thing about podcasts too is totally right away <laughs> anytime you get a chance to sit with it with yeah. someone else like we are all fountains of experience and information mm-hmm. and the beautiful thing is when I'm sitting here talking to you you're going to hear things from me and I'm going to hear things from you and when we walk away we're going to remember the things that were important and applied to us yeah. we're not going to remember all the other things yeah yeah that's right mm-hmm. well that's Um, So the reason we decided to do a podcast together was that we were chatting and um, we were talking about how other children react when they see Rowan, right? Totally. kind of the light bulb that went off that I thought, oh, that's a good topic. Totally. thing to talk about. Um, So we've all had experiences where your child says something. um, uh, My latest one was we were in an outhouse at softball (laughs) and a lady came out of the outhouse and then me and my son went in and he's four and then he said, oh, that lady was, I thought he said fast. And I said, oh, yeah, some people are fast, some people are slow. Like, let's get on with this. i got to go coach softball here. <laughs> and then he's like, no, that lady was fat. And I was like, oh, she definitely heard that. And mm-hmm. then, what do you say, right? And then so you're like, oh. And I just said, oh, yeah, people are all different sizes. And 
Yeah. Again, language. Come in different shapes and sizes. <laughs> I know. And, and to remember that they're not being mean. Like he wasn't, it was just curious, right? He was just like, mm-hmm. oh, that lady's sh- shaped differently. And this is the word I know for that shape. And that's it was, right. It wasn't a mean thing. So I think had I said like, oh, that's, you know, if I had kind of disciplined him about it or anything, I'd said like, that's mean. Don't say that. Then there's a little bit of shame around the word when it's not the word that's the problem. It's the inclination when people use it in a derogatory way, right? Yeah, which he wasn't. So I feel like I was like, yeah, we're all different shapes. And then... And not putting that weight on it? Gave it wings. Like, he can let that go. Right. I think if you... Yeah, yeah, I agree. If you make it a thing, then it's a thing. (laughs) It's a thing. (laughs) And there's a lot around it. He's going to be pointing it out. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I mean, it's funny now, but in the moment that you get that, like... No. I know. And then my daughter, <laughs> my brother was getting married, and she was like three, I think. And she said, we were in line at the grocery store, so you're trapped. There's someone in front of me, someone behind me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> Which is fine, not a problem, until she said, she were talking about his wedding, and then she says to him, do you have a wife? And this man was clearly gay. He mm-hmm. was, it was apparent. And he looked at me like, are you kidding me right now? And I, I didn't know what to say. And she was so little and I was so new. And I said, Oh, not, not everyone gets married, but she just wouldn't give it up. So she just kept pestering him and he just kept saying, no, I'm not married. No, I don't, I'm not getting married right now. I was like, Oh my goodness, let it go. But she's just a questioner. And um, totally. Yeah. And so what we had talked about is back to curiosity. Yeah. They're like, Oh, yeah. Just curious. Mm -hmm. And it's us that has the feelings about it. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you were talking about how children will just, well, people will stare, mm-hmm. right? If they're curious about Rowan and what, what would you rather that people do, I guess is the question, or what do you think that if that Rowan would want? Okay. So we, like, even before I came on this podcast, mm-hmm. I asked both my kids, yeah. how do you feel about me going on this podcast? I'm going to go on. I'm going to talk about you guys. Do you want your names used in the podcast? And it was like open conversation. You are allowed to say whatever you want. Yeah. And they're both like, yeah, sure, whatever. Nice. So it was good. <laughs> I did tell Rowan that we were going to talk a little bit about his diagnosis and what his life is like. Mm-hmm. And he was cool. He's like, yeah, nice. fine. So um, I'll give you a couple instances of things that happened. And this is only my perspective. The mm-hmm. thing that we can't do, I think, is expect every parent to have the same opinion as me. So mm-hmm. I think, like children, if we approach it in as in curiousness and ask questions out of curiosity yeah. and not out of... Okay, for instance, <laughs> I had an acquaintance ask me, um, well, we were Rowan and I and this acquaintance were walking in Whistler. Okay. And she asked me, oh, well, does Rowan... I can't remember what it was. I'm just going to make something up because I can't remember what the exact question was. But yeah. she's like, oh, so how does Rowan feel about that? Does Does Rowan like it when someone does this? Or does Rowan like it when someone asks questions about this kind of thing? And I looked at her <laughs> out of shock because I was like, really? And I looked at Rowan and I was like... Rowan, how does it make you feel? Yeah. Like, let me bridge this. You don't need to ask me. Right. He's right here. Ask yeah. him. I will help him out if there's, you know, if he's struggling or if, like we do with our kids, we're like, yeah. break it down sometimes. But I'm like, he's right here. Ask him. Right. So some people approach it like, oh, well, 
he doesn't understand because he doesn't speak. Mm-hmm. He totally understands. Yeah. So Rowan's like, I don't know. I don't really like it. And that was it. I mean, not in those words because Rowan doesn't speak like that. But, right. um, And then another, we were at a movie theater, and this is the example I told you. Yeah. And the parents were buying popcorn, and they were very focused on what they were buying. But their two boys were turned around facing us. And Rowan didn't take note, but I did. He was talking to me about the movie and what he wanted, and it took him a little while to get the words out because Rowan has a speech delay. Yeah. Um, so looking at Rowan, you can't tell that there's anything different, really, mm-hmm. than anybody else, but when right. he speaks, it's obvious that he has a major speech delay. So when he was speaking to me, these boys were literally standing mouth open about a foot from where we were because we're in a lineup. Yeah. And I said, just a minute, Rowan, and I turned and looked at the boys and I said, can I help you? Do you have a question? Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't even look at me. Like they mm-hmm. were just staring, staring so in-depthly at Rowan that they didn't even register. And so mm-hmm. I said it again. And not in a mean way, but right. like, I'm like, let's open up this conversation. You guys look like you have questions. You know, like, mm-hmm. can I help you guys? Do you? And they finally just turned around. And then I went back to the conversation with Rowan and they turned back around. <laughs> and I was like, Kids are curious. Yeah. They want to know. Right. Um, at school, sometimes Rowan does inappropriate things. Like he'll, in high school, he'll hug a friend without asking or like, and, you know, age appropriateness is sort of like kids, especially at that age, are like, yeah. uh, let's not touch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in that aspect, some of the boys, you can tell they're a little uncomfortable with Rowan giving them a hug. When, and yeah. I kind of wish that they would say to Rowan, Hey, man, I'm not cool with a hug. Right. And that's all it would take. As soon as he heard it from his peers, he would stop. and it wouldn't be an angry thing or like a push or yeah. anything. It's just like, hey, man, I need a little space. Like, mm-hmm. just, no, no hugs for me. Yeah. And he would learn from our community. Right. Um, one thing I talk, my mom is a retired resource teacher. Oh, okay. Um, so I've talked to her in depthly about these kinds of things yeah. and how to approach them as a parent, how to approach them in at school, how to talk to the teachers about what I would like the experience to look like so they can try and encourage that experience when things come up. Mm -hmm. Um, I honestly think people talk about inclusion at school, Mm -hmm. and I don't think inclusion should be necessarily in the educational piece because kids learn at different rates and everything else, and I think they should be pulled into groups where they an audible learner or they're a visual learner or they're a different type of learner Mm -hmm. um but when they're all working and ruin okay when they're all working and the teacher says as soon as you finish your work you can go to the carpet right and then i so teachers know who's working who's having a harder time all those things yeah but run never ever made it to carpet Mm. he's never ever made it to the carpet to play and there are those kids yeah and so they always see and they're like he's just sitting there working Mm-hmm. Or sitting, because mm-hmm. now the work is not his main focus. All the kids are playing, and I'm sitting. Yeah. And that's not inclusion. Right. So what I would like it to look like, and I'm not a teacher or an educator, so obviously there would have to be more opinions than just mine mm-hmm. to bring it together. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, in the younger grades, in kindergarten, grade one, where this is quite evident, kids go are at all different levels then. Right. Um, the kids who are advanced in anything, like they could be advanced in PE and way behind in math. Mm-hmm. So the kids who are advanced 
should encourage the kids who are further behind. And at a young age, they're really open to accepting this. Mm -hmm. And I think if I'm going to use reading as an example, because it just works, that's language-based, so it's difficult for Rowan. Mm -hmm. Um, But if Rowan was struggling and they took the child that finished one of the kids that finished first Mm -hmm. and said, hey, will you sit and read Rowan's book to him? And that works. Um, One thing, Rowan, is his confidence is through the roof. He's super confident. He makes friends super easily. Despite his language barriers, he makes friends wherever he goes in a very short time. Um, But some of the kids who are great learners are also very shy and withdrawn. Mm -hmm. So on the playground, it might be a place where Rowan can bridge for him or her or however it is. And I think if you really take like in the classroom for true inclusion is to really look at the kids and look at all the kids and see what they're capable of, what their pros are, what their cons are, what they're working on, what they're struggling with and match kids up in different scenarios and have them play a game and teach each other. Cause we learn the best when we're teaching. Yeah. So I would just like inclusion to look more like that yeah. and less like, um, Oh, well we're going to let this boy sit in this, like when Rowan listened to a book being read, mm-hmm. his mind is going a thousand different reason, places because yeah. when you can't use the language, you can't listen to the same words and know what they mean. Mm. So even though they'd read a book, he wouldn't necessarily be taking it in right. because the language is above his ability to speak. Mm-hmm. So mm. he would just sit there and play with stuff and his. Yeah. But if in that moment he was pulled out, with a small group who were similar yeah. or, you know, maybe there's a child that would be super bored with that book because they're way advanced. Yeah. Have, put idea. those kids together and let mm-hmm. them read and have an experience even around words or a language or play a language game. Yeah. And then you're using your time in the classroom effectively and inclusion. Mm-hmm. These kids aren't different. They're not slow. They're not this yeah. because it's not a true level yeah no I think that's a great idea I do you think have you seen have you seen changes as Roman's gone on in school because I know from when I was in school and then to now or even in the 10 years I've been a teacher I find that um there's different ways that we um even the playing field I guess Mm -hmm. if you want to say it that way um so I'll reduce the amount of work that a child has to do totally I so like IP everyone, would do that too right yeah mm-hmm. or I'll like if I know that a child struggles with receptive language then yeah I would give mm-hmm. them a buddy or something like that to do but um I love the idea of giving like letting students help him that's a great I think that's great well, for those and, kids that are further ahead yeah. and they're forging a little bit of a bond when yeah. they maybe have a harder time right. forging a bond with their current peers yeah. because they're shy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And kids are not the ones that make the assumptions, right? And they're not, yeah, yeah I know they just accept everyone for who they are. And they I know do. that, yeah, they don't judge it. Like they're, my daughter has kids in her class and she's only in grade, going into grade three, but she's already had kids who have major things going on and she doesn't identify them that way. No, that's an adult thing that we're like, oh, that's the kid that throws chairs. Oh, that's the kid that cries 10 times a day. We say that totally. And I'll say that to her. I'll say, does, oh, was so-and-so, she said this child left the classroom and I said, oh, was he crying? And she's like, no, I'm like, I was crazy. And he, I've taught in that class and he honestly does cry Mm -hmm. a lot. And then I thought, oh, like, that's me 
assuming, assuming that that's what he was doing because that's been my experience with him and I just that's my like totally. way I remember him and totally. oh, I know <laughs> I, thought, I thought I didn't do that so you just have to fight it and you just have to go but the recognition is the first place to start yeah yeah I think so too yeah and then yeah so the next time I'll, that'll happen in my brain instead <laughs> and you're like oh I don't my mouth. Again. Yeah, yeah totally yeah so I think the kids are open to that it's not the kids that no. need to change right but and often like I approached his teachers some of his teachers this year actually I approached all of them this way and I said um if you could see Rowan for his abilities mm-hmm. instead of like magnifying his disabilities, you know, and, and I'm here, talk to me, let's do, you know, let's, he can't be, he can't bridge the information. I need you right. to give it directly to me and we'll continue the conversation at yeah. home. Um, sorry, I was just going to go back to that point you made about kids. The kids don't have a problem at all. Rowan has a ton of friends and his friends are awesome. There's the one-off that, but yeah. we all have that yeah, experience that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with his right. needs or anything. Um, so we all, yeah, we all have to learn that some people are having a rough day or some people are just in a jerk space for a couple of years or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it's not the kids, but sometimes, well, in most, I find in school groups, mm-hmm. um, the teachers are your first leader. So... If a teacher has an expectation or a belief about any child, mm-hmm. no matter what the scenario, right. the kids feed off that energy that they're that the teacher is putting on there. So, yeah, I mean, and uh, my sister's a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> my parents, my dad's a retired principal, and my mom's wow. a teacher yeah. or was a teacher. Yeah, um, I have a lot of teachers in my life. My grandma was a teacher. My was a librarian in a, in a school so it's like totally yeah. um and my parents friends are mostly all teachers <laughs> um and a lot of my friends too yeah. people I play soccer with yeah. um so I have a lot of people in my life that are teachers um not all teachers are created equally and they shouldn't be because kids are not don't learn the same things from different things mm-hmm. so I won't go into a whole teacher thing right yeah. now but um Teachers are the first leader, and I think sometimes they haven't been recognized as a leader of the classroom because the kids that um, take their cues on how to treat others take it from their teacher. Mm -hmm. So even if a teacher honestly believes and they see any child and they think that kid is a troublemaker, Mm -hmm. that kid isn't going to learn in my class, that kid... Even if, even if they don't like say it out loud or project it yeah. like loudly, yeah. the way they act, the way their emotion is around those kids, mm-hmm. or if they put a kid on a pedestal, which is stressful for kids too, yeah. they're like, this kid learns easily. He's the greatest athlete. He, you know, yeah. that can be stressful too. Mm-hmm. Like that is like, so yeah, it's, it's a projection of how they view their classroom. Yeah. And I think like... I guess maybe I should approach it that way <laughs> into so teachers. Intuitive. But I'm yeah. like, if you could but just, also, yeah, if you could recognize Rowan for his abilities, his yeah. classmates will too. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's really true. Yeah. And, then, and that kids are intuitive and they pick up on just the slightest little facial change if you talk to the child or the intonation in your voice. Or, or that extra breath you took in dealing with that child. Yeah. Or that extra <laughs> breath it takes all the time in trying to get them to complete their work or yeah. get them to just behave in the classroom. Or right. Yeah, I know it's it's such an intricate system in a classroom because 
we're all just people, right? Huge. And different personalities interact differently, and yeah, it's, it's there's going to be, I think there's going to be good years and challenging years, and there's going to be teachers that your child clicks with and teachers that your child doesn't, and that's just... That's life, and I always liken it to bosses because we <laughs> totally. all have bosses that we did not like or did not, you know, yeah, or colleagues that you're us. just like, how could you not see that? And they're yeah. like, well, how did you see that? And you're right. like, oh, it's just how my brain works, right? Yeah. yeah. And did you, you know, and can you always just quit? Can you always just leave? Can you always avoid totally. them? No. So it's a similar situation, except there Absolutely. is a power kind of hierarchy. But I yeah, love that you say that the teachers are the leaders, and that that's essentially more than anything else. Feelings. Like they teach, but that's what their their mm-hmm. job is. Yeah. As soon as they show up on the property, they're a leader, no matter what. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking to the same point with Hudson, um, he's a good student. And he learned to read when he was, like, before grade one. And he was ahead of the curve. And he's a great athlete and super fit. Mm -hmm. And he's a nice guy. Like, he gets along with He has a lot of friends and everything else. And he, too, has been in a classroom with teachers who are, like, he said to me before, Mom, why does she always ask me? Like, oh, she's always asking me for the answer. And I'm like, well, if... Maybe if the teacher's standing at the front and she can't get an answer from anybody else, she knows that you have an opinion, that you're not afraid to speak to it. Mm-hmm. So you're, she kind of relies on you to speak because you always do give an answer. Yeah. You're not like, you know, you finished your homework. She you knows done. you know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The worst is calling on a child that doesn't know it. And, yeah. and yeah. so if you've gone around the class or you've right. like asked you know three times and people are, lear- you know, falling out of the conversation you're like okay I'm gonna go to you because you have an answer Mm -hmm. so I think it happens in both ways and Tatsun has definitely had teachers where he's like I love this class it's so easy my teacher gets me and then he's had teachers where he's like I just don't want to show up tomorrow yeah yeah totally we grow up and we have jobs like that totally yes we are human yeah Mm -hmm. I think that the teachers are leaders thing leads to the quote that I shared on Instagram that says Our children learn life lessons from us starting the moment they are born. Our choices often become their choices, our words, their words, our actions, their actions. It is how we live, not how we demand they live, that has the most impact on who they will become. And then you had clicked on that too, and I thought, (laughs) oh, I wonder what part of this resonated with you, because... When I see the work that you do in photography, I just thought, oh, that's, it's so amazing. It's beautiful. And you can just see that that's where, that's where you, what you should be doing. Thank you. And I just wondered if that's what it was that like for your, for your kids to see you doing something and being amazing, (laughs) that's, that's the way to be a leader, right? That's the way to lead them through life. Yeah, I, my kids are not, like, I try and engage them in art all the time because art is, like, my happy place. Mm -hmm. Like, when they were kids, it was easy to engage them. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to pick up all the shells you think are the easiest to paint on (laughs) when we're at the beach today. And then this afternoon when we need quiet, you're going to paint on those shells. Like, easy. Mm -hmm. As they get older, they're like, no, mom, too slow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, mom. And neither one of them, at this stage of the game, enjoy pausing in their life to make art Mm -hmm. but um and even if you go back through my photography you won't see a lot of my kids in it because they didn't definitely did not want to be in front of the lens or 
they would allow me to photograph them in the agreement that I wouldn't post them on social media. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's fair. Yeah. Hudson had yeah. some girls that he went to school with at a young age that would always comment uh, at school on the photos I would post. So it was about grade four, grade five that he said, don't post any more photos of me. I don't like hearing about it at school. And I was like, fair enough. That's mm-hmm. reasonable. Yeah. And now, well, since then, I asked both of them. I took this picture of you. Can I post it, like, mm-hmm. for your relatives to see that you've grown? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and they're okay with it. Um, my art is they. My whole family is like they know it's my happy place, so mm-hmm. they are like, yeah, go do it. Like, nice. totally embrace that. Yeah. Um, but we try and allow each one of us to have a thing that doesn't necessarily have to encompass all of us. Yeah. Right. So, important. yeah, it was really finding me. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to me, my she project, especially mm-hmm. has more to do with me, which is kind of ridiculous and feels weird, but it has more to do with me than anything. Yeah. Than the people you're photographing. Is that what you mean? Not even, not that it's definitely, it's a connection piece. Like I don't ask anybody to come out and do anything. I don't instruct them as to really what to do in the yeah. space. I mm-hmm. don't, I ask them to show up in what they feel they're best in Um, I'm like makeup is up to you Um, I heard from a photographer she's like I believe hair is energy if you let your hair grow long it's your energy if you're Mm. if we tie it back like you and I do it's because we're getting down to business and we're tucking everything in and we're like going for it right you put your hair in a top knot and go Um, but on the days we're wearing it down it lets us be our true selves so I do I was like I love Mm. that so I ask people to wear their hair down and show up as their best self that day. Yeah. Just show up and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, but that's me wanting to learn from other mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and like share experiences in like what we're doing right now. It's an yeah. opportunity and to just make art. That's yeah. Beautiful. But no, my kids are not like, they might they're say, not artistic, oh. but they see you doing something well. They're, they see you loving it. And then the, yeah. I think that gives them permission then to love doing something that no one else loves in your family. Like maybe totally. Hudson loves soccer. No yeah. one else loves soccer. I would not appreciate it if my child played soccer because they play in the rain. Yeah, true. <laughs> they're so, art- the boys are artistic you know. in their own ways and they're, um, they're, they love doing their own things. Um, but I don't push them. Yeah. I don't push them into art. Except sometimes I'll be like, you need to get off your screens and make something with your brain. It can be like, oh, it can be this, it can be that. You can go outside and build a fort, but you can't be on your screen anymore. Yeah, that just, that's just being a good parent. Yeah. At, at 16, <laughs> Hudson doesn't build forts do anymore. Yeah. But no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. But I don't, they are artistic. Um, Hudson likes, um, oh, I always want to say agriculture. It's not agriculture. Somebody's going to laugh at this if they hear it because I do this all the time. But um, he likes... Yeah, no. What is like making buildings? Oh, architecture. Architecture. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes it's just design stuff that yeah. he'll look at. And so totally artistic, but not in the same ways I am. Right. So I don't force them. Yeah. yeah. That's they, they don't like the same things I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, we all have to find our own. Passion. Totally. Can't, I know. So yeah. many times we're like, I did this, so you're going to do it, and then you're going to love it. <laughs> you don't. have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it I, so much. You have to do it, right? Or no. just I, I think it comes from a good place. It's like I love it so much. I want you to feel that. Mm-hmm. But I think what we need to do is just let them find what they love. Yeah. And then you and need then to take two hours it. and do something 
that creates. You have to make something in the next two hours. I don't care if you bake or cook or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's Mm -hmm. important. Um, So my last question that I ask everyone is, what is one thing that you've said to your children that you never thought that would come out of your mouth? And (laughs) they're usually like ridiculous, crazy things. But (laughs) I think we all as parents are like, did that just happen? Because kids are insane. Um, it's actually something I had a conversation and a parenting decision that happened on the fly Mm -hmm. because my kids were young and it was, yeah, it was an experience that just came up while we were driving. And I actually told Hudson last night that this would be the answer to this question if you got to asking (laughs) it for me. Um, and most of my friends have heard this because it was just so funny. Um, Hudson, second day of grade one. We're driving down the road, and of course, he's in the back seat in his chair. His brother's beside him, and he says, Hey, mom. I'm like, Yeah. And he says, I know how to spell fuck. And I was like, Oh, yeah. You do. You know how to spell fuck. Okay. Like, you're just like in this moment of pause, like, holy. And so I'm like, Well, where did you learn it? And he was like, Or no, I said, Did you learn it on the playground today? Nope. Did you learn it at school? Nope. I'm like, are you sure you didn't see it in the bathroom at school? He's like, nope. I'm like, did an older kid teach you how to spell <laughs> spell it? He's like, nope. I'm like, this is the thing I thought I'd never say. Okay, Hudson, at six years old, how do you spell fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, F-U-C-K. And I was like, yeah, that's how you spell it. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, where did you learn it? And he turned and looked out the window and like the letters were literally like two feet tall across the fence that was spray painted and oh it just said, fuck. And I looked out the window and he said, C-F-U-C-K, <laughs> fuck. And I was like, well, that's, you're a phonic reader and yeah. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh yeah. Did you learn here? Did you learn here? I know. You're like, you oh my gosh, how do I stop this? Out. How do I stop it from getting bigger? Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then he's like, no, right there. And I was like, yeah, so we have a reader in the house now, yeah. right? Yeah. And thank you to whoever painted it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> totally. So yeah, that was our experience. I'm like, okay, so you're going to see those words. You're going to hear them in songs. You're going to hear people saying them, but they're adult words. And when you're 16, which is like Hudson is in three weeks, (laughs) you can decide when you want to use them. But if you use them before you turn 16, no one's going to want you to hang out at their house because nobody wants a child that curses in their home. And he was like, okay. (laughs) I just took it. Okay. I was like, okay, parenting decision. How do I get to the next level of this word? Yeah. What are we going to do to say about this word? I know we give those words so much power, but it, it, it is what it is. I know. I say that. I say you don't understand what you're saying. I know you know mm-hmm. the word and you know it's a swear word and you know that people react to it when you say it, mm-hmm. but you don't fully understand the meaning that, you know, the way that adults use that word yet. Yeah. So you just probably shouldn't use it because you don't really know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I know you think you do, but the people around you are taking it a different way. Yeah. Like, it, it means something else to oh. other people and it means, I don't, in, sometimes it means something different in different households. Like, some households, swear words are used by adults and the kids don't use them. And other households, it's never said. So I just, I'm kind of like, it's safer if you just don't say them. Yeah, it's I... It's better if you just don't. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, they're going to hear them. Yeah. You hear them everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, 
if you're going to use them, because this would be the truth for me. And I try and always parent to the truth. And sometimes I go over my kid's head and I have to like bring it back down, ask some questions and then speak to their level. But, um, I wouldn't want when my kids were, you know, three and whatever, Hudson was six or Mm -hmm. four and six, he had just turned six. Um, I wouldn't want them talking like that. And if there was a child that came over from school and they spoke like that all the time, I'd probably be like, yeah, we're going to put some distance here. Yeah. So I just kind of spoke to that. I was yeah. like, Hudson, nobody wants somebody in their house, a child, cursing around right. their kids. It's not a, those aren't kids' words. Unfortunately, and it makes like, people jump to conclusions, right? Totally. Okay. So then, yeah. So I just said to them, like, yeah, you can't use those words until you're 16. Then you can decide if and when you want to use them. Yeah. And now we're at 16. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <Now you're there. laughs> I know. Audrey's such a rule follower. I'm like, it'll get you in trouble at school too. So teachers don't want, you know, those yeah. words aren't okay at school. So if you use them at school and a teacher or supervisor hears you, then there's mm-hmm. going to be consequences for that. And then, so that was enough for her. Yes. So we'll see what Caden's t- t- totally opposite child. He'll, if I said that to him, he would have to go try it at school to see yeah. what happens. <laughs> so yes. I'm going to have to reframe it with him. I don't know. We'll see. We haven't gotten there yet. He's four, but he hasn't. And I don't want the them to, like, every time you say something like, oh, it's a bad word. People I that know. use those words, or that's a dirty word or whatever, or you're going to be grounded when you use that word. Mm-hmm. Then when your kids hear that word, they automatically come to the assumption that whatever someone just said, that's a dirty person. That's a dirty word. Right. They, like, it, wanna... it creates judgment. Yeah. Where I use that word on a regular basis, usually to enhance the joy- enjoyment of yeah. something. Like, holy F, that was epic. Yeah. <laughs> right? And uh, so I'm like, oh, well, no, it has a positive inclination, we'll say. There yeah. you go. Anyhow. Yeah, you flipped it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, thank you so much. I yeah, it was like, a pleasure. It's great. <laughs> um, I just wanted to give people ways that they can contact you if mm-hmm. they want to. So... Um, your website is lexasperspective.ca. Yep. And then emails info at lexasperspective.ca. Yep. Instagram at lexasphoto. And then if you're interested in the She Project that has a different Instagram, it's at lexasshe and there's two S's. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And even if you went to my website, it links to my She Project. Oh, great. Yeah. So okay, you can good. check it out there too. It's all there. Yeah. yeah. That's such a great project. Thanks. It's really fun. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying Playful Joy, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast and tell a friend. You can email playfuljoypodcast at gmail.com if you have a funny anecdote or an issue or struggle that you're having. I'd love to hear about it. Also, please follow us on Instagram at playfuljoypodcast. Thanks for listening.